Degrass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh. Today, we're so excited to have Trey Griley with us today. He is our first underwear model. He is an underwear model, but he models all types of stuff. He is uh, a professional model. He spends half his time in California, and he's from the Newark area. He went to high school at Newark High just for a little while, and he owns a yoga studio in Potascala. Him and Kelly were friends back in the day, and he has joined us on the podcast today to tell us all about his journey and his life now as a dad. Let's get started. Hi, my name's Carrie. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Carrie. My name's Trey. It's nice to meet you, too. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised I didn't know you before because, you know, I'm Newark Catholic class of 95. So you were actually just in high school in Newark for like less than a year. I think I got um, to Newark in maybe... March, April, May. That was it. Okay. That makes sense. So that's why you're so worldly in general. So the crazy thing about this is we're all from itty bitty Newark and our lives have like blossomed into these crazy ways. Gary ended up in LA as a professional dancer, aerialist, travel the world. You travel the world, obviously. I think I'm also kind of amazing in my own way. You are amazing, Kelly. Well, I don't want to hate on Newark because see, I... Personally, I think it's cool. And everybody that lives in New York or LA is from somewhere. And I own my shit, man. I wouldn't be who I am without like whole gamut of people and experiences that I've been around. And, you know, growing up in, uh, you know, and those people that kind of formed uh, our young lives. I, I, I don't know. I think we carry that, you know, I think you carry that stuff. So I totally agree. I was just at the skate park with my kids in Newark. It's an amazing skate park. One of the best in the state, I'm told. And it's in Newark. And there were all these Granville moms there with their kids. I said to them, I'm like, you guys, you know, I just want to make a point that you're all in fucking Newark, enjoying Newark shit right now. You know, like the skate park's not in Granville. I love this. Why are they hating on Granville? I actually lived in Granville for most of my life. Listen, I think he's... They all hated on Newark when I was in that age. And it was like, we were the fucking rednecks and whatever. You know, I mean, I didn't really listen to that. Listen, it's true. I live in Worthington now. And for some reason, when you say Newark versus Granville, it's like you're talking about two completely different things. And in the whole scheme of things, it's really snooty. Yeah. Not. I mean, we did think we were better a little bit. <laughs> This is true. I agree. This is true. I agree. Okay, so I... No, we do. We think we're slightly better. Just kidding. No, I'm not. I feel like this is a different pod, Carrie. You and I can talk Granville versus New York on like our next week. (laughs) Listen, it's gross in New York versus LA. There's, you know, I mean, there's the whole, you know what I mean? That bullshit carries on, you know, into other. I mean, I guess I'm not going to defend LA that hardcore though. (laughs) Wait, Trey, where you, where you live right now? I am in Pataskala, Ohio at the yoga studio right now, which is, I basically could. Really? Yeah. I'm in Pataskala, not a stone's throw from Granville where you're, you know, I mean, you could say I live here. I I sold my house here in last December and then I bought a camper and I was living in the Bay area in my camper for January to June. And now my kid's mom, she was finishing up her uh, master's program and I didn't know where she was going to live. So I was kind of like, let me get a camper. 
and I can follow you. So she, we are going to stay in the Bay Area. So I'm going back to the Bay Area to live. I kind of love that you have in your heart still Midwest Ohio. Absolutely. People are so kind. I mean, one of the, I've lived in lots of places and spent lots of time in different places. And I think Midwestern people are pretty cool. You are surrounded by family when you're here. And that's been so great. I mean, obviously that is a big part. You know, you want your kids to have that, but I do love that you and their mom have the ability to, I mean, it has to be tricky and and hard in parenting, but you guys always seem to figure it out for the life that you have. And that's what matters. Yep. We've been able to work together to find ways to provide everything uh, we can for them and kind of like, you know, enable them to see my family and come out here. And also, you know, they're in the Bay area. Bay area is great. I, I should say, I mean, it's, it's super diverse, amazing culture, um, great museums and art and lots going on. So they're surrounded by all that. And they have, you know, they have friends there. And, and um, I mean, it's a really cool place, crazy expensive, but um, you know, I kind of feel like the Midwest was another thing that's nice about it is it's like, you know, you living here, you can afford, you can make a, fair living and afford to send your kids to swimming lessons and all these different sporting things. And out there, it's just a little bit uh, cost prohibitive to do all the things, you know? So. So backtrack, I'm going to go back, which you probably won't remember, but we both went to Miller school. We did. You were like the lead in a play. And I had like a few lines in the play. Are you kidding? I could, I totally remember that. So I feel like when I first found out, where your your life had gone and that you were doing like modeling and all these things. Like I like intertwined it in my mind back to the fact that you obviously like had a little bit of a love for being in the spotlight. Like how did that even start? It's interesting you bring that up. You know, when I was that age, I didn't have any stage fright. I would I remember doing that play. My mom actually said that she was so nervous watching that. And she, you know, I had all these lines and she'd say, you would get off your lines would be, you wouldn't be saying the right thing, but you just kept talking and you would just, just kept going with it, you know, and trajectory had totally changed. I did construction all through college. I had a you know a love for the construction industry. Finance was interesting to me, all that stuff. And then uh, I ended up dating a girl in Miami and living with her. And after college, it was right around the time that the NASDAQ had crashed and things weren't great. And so I uh, was waiting tables at this, high-end restaurant in Miami and an agency had a party and they asked me to come see them. And I did. And then I saw other agencies and I ended up signing with one and I started working as a model and I knew nothing about it. And I was, I considered myself old to be doing it. I was 26 and I thought I'm like an ancient person. I felt like everybody was younger than me. And, and, uh, but I would work, I did like German catalog in Miami and made, I mean, the money was really good compared to what I was used to. So I, Went to New York that summer and I was with Ford in New York. I wasn't like a campaign guy. I wasn't going to be the product guy, but I was doing Target and I was doing, you know, Macy's and, and I got some Macy's TV and then I got SAG. I always became the Screen Actors Guild. And so I got some other commercials and stuff. And it just, you know, honestly, I knew nothing about what I was doing. I kind of would get book a job and then the photographer kind of just worked with me. I mean, I'm sure that there are people that try to do that. And like, it doesn't work out in the way that it has for you, but you had to have some natural ability in order to follow and figure it out. 
part of it, I think, is that I have a personality that I, I like. I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of energy. Um, I love to be active and move and talk, and I'm, you know, I'm energetic. Tra- my mom's from Switzerland. We traveled a lot when I was a kid. I went to boarding school, so I was with a kind of a certain group of people there from Newark schools, different people there. I went to camp in the summer in Maine, kids from all over. I've just always been around lots of different people from lots of different places and made connections and friendships and whatever. I feel like I use that. A lot of what I do is selling myself. I mean, you get in front of the camera, like you have a professional photographer, a professional makeup artist, professional everything, like they can make you look good and it's so it's like you just kind of have to be you know learn to be comfortable be natural and you know uh, that just kind of came with time and experience really you know Um, but again i think a lot of my job it's like you have lots of people that look look the part and if you fit the clothes meaning you're the right size then it boils down to like how do you sell yourself right so you get a casting you go in you're you know they're seeing hundreds of people or whatever even if it's just 50 people, it's still 50 people. What can I bring? And if you book the job, then when you get the client, like, you know, I'm 45 now, like you don't get to be 45 still working if you don't have repeat clients, right? So you have to like get there and create relationships. It's like sell yourself, you know, that kind of thing. You know, Trey, I feel like modeling is one of those things that if you'd ask a regular person, they wouldn't think the job is that hard. But I have to say, so two pieces of that. Number one, you're in an industry. I'm in the entertainment industry, but it is different. It's not the modeling industry. So that side, you talked about a little bit, but every single time I've been on set to do anything, dance, do aerial, just do clothing, whatever it is, it is the hardest, most exhausting day ever. And it doesn't even matter if I'm doing something difficult. Maybe I'm just standing there. There's something about it that's so exhausting can you explain that, why that's true? Is it true to, for you? I can relate it a little bit. Um, I always tell people the hardest part of the modeling industry is not the days that you're working. It's all that you do to get the work. So whether it's like working on your portfolio, making digitals for the agents or making a video because clients want to see videos now, showing it used to be showing up for castings, like sometimes, you know, going to multiple castings and getting yourself looking the, your best to go in there and all that work, 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 work. And a lot of times you don't book the job. It doesn't pay. You know, it's when you, when you get the booking and you actually are on the job, it's, is the, is the easiest part. That's when you get to enjoy meeting lots of creative people. I do agree with you that it's exhausting. And I think it's because you are the focal point. Like I've heard, I've heard it explained to me, like when we do a shoot, I'm often saying like, I, I, you know, honestly, you know, I'm working with all these talented people and you're all like brilliant artists. And it's great. My job is a joke. I'm just like here. And, but they're like, well, really you're the, there's an arrow. You're at the point of the arrow. Like you have all these people doing all this stuff, focal point. Actually, if it's like day jobs that are multiple days, it's like, you know, the all eyes are on you, you know? So you can't really rest. You're kind of always, you know, have to be on, you got to be on, you know? So that's exhausting. Kelly, sometimes she has to speak in front of a huge audience and the amount of like energy that gets tapped out of you because you are the focal point. It, it feels like an invisible force of that does exhaust. That's really hard if, if you ask me. Well, I think that in all three things, mine's a little bit different, I think, but I feel like you're giving. So even if I think, even if you're modeling and you're doing it for a picture, you're giving all that you have in that moment. I definitely for dance and aerial, I think. And then for speaking engagements, I feel like when I'm there and I'm in front of the people, like I give all of it 
And then like, I get back to the hotel room and I'm like, just have nothing because I gave all of it. So I'm assuming that that's a little bit how it feels. Um, but something I want to jump on and I'll let you comment on that tray. If that's true, like giving all of yourself in that moment, you know, when I was younger, you know, all those things that adults say to you 20 years later, that was true. And like, at the time they said it, you're like, whatever. But I feel like it's like a lot of things is, you know, who, you know, ultimately the longevity of your career, the longevity of Carrie's career, even my career, it's networking, being respectful of people. Like when you're on set, you care about all of those people that are at the bottom of your arrow. When you're the focal point, like you care about the photographer, you care about the people that are getting you ready, full, you're nice, you network, you meet those people in a very genuine and authentic way. And that's why you rebook clients down the line because they do know how you're going to act, what you're going to do, how you work with everyone. When I make the arrow, I definitely don't think that the people down here are less important. Or they, they, if anything, they build the whole you know pyramid. And without them, I mean, so yes, I am definitely respectful of everybody from you know the the the, the photo assistants to the photographer to the makeup. I, I I have respect for all of them. They're all you know uh, talented people. Beyond that, like there's personality that I try to. I mean, it's me, but it's got to be on. Like I'm not going to be quiet and to myself. I'm going to. I'm opening up everything for them. You know what I mean? Like I'm letting it all flow. I'm being vulnerable. I'm moving. I'm you know giving you all of me uh, for the day. Right? Like I'm not holding back that element too. That can be tiring. You know, I don't want to call it exhausting, but you know, you're, it's, it takes energy. Like I'm not standing out there, like waiting for the next shot. I'm, I'm fired up. You know what I mean? I'm here to give you all I got. And, uh, yeah, I think part of what I try to give the client isn't just like being on time. Being on time is huge to me though. Cause I'm like, this is the one thing that for my job that I, I is being on time. But then also like, you know, bringing it, man, bringing a good because like a, a shoot that has like great energy, like good, strong, positive flow of energy, like really, I, I always feel like those shoots come out really well. They do, you know, they're great. Thing to anyone that's listening that shows up in any way, like it doesn't have to be on a photo shoot, but like whatever space they're in, it's showing up and giving everything. I think the secret to that is doing what you love or finding a career or a path that you love. It's not so much work to do it when I, I'm happy. I'm happy. It's authentic. It's genuine. I love doing photo shoots. It's great. I mean, yeah, you're meeting fun people. You're on, you know, you're doing the thing. It's great. It's fun. Um, I love teaching yoga. I bring my, my personality, my energy, my, you know, my love, my passion to my class. You know, um, I pour concrete as like a, another gig and I, because I did that all through college and actually when COVID hit and my career, when all the photo shoots got canceled and, you know, the yoga studio had to close for a month and, and a lot of studios all over the country were closed for a year, you know, like I jumped in the concrete, in my concrete boots and poured concrete last year. That's in my blood. I did it for a long time and I'm, I feel like, you know, I get a lot out of doing that. So. I can tell that you genuinely like doing all of the things that you do. Like it means something to you <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's easy for you to give 110%. Absolutely. Yes. That's, I think that's the trick. Like jobs that I didn't love. I worked at old Navy as like a, you know, folder guy. I worked at express in the back folding club. I hated it. I delivered pizzas. I worked in commercial real estate and I hated it. So I don't do that anymore. You know, that's actually, yeah. So were there any drawbacks to the fact that 
life is different. Like you're not always in one space. You have a crazy travel schedule. You have to figure out parenting. Let's call them obstacles. Like there are things that make it trickier um, to choose that lifestyle. Was that ever a hard choice for you? I've struggled in relationships. I've, uh, I'm not, I'm currently co-parenting with my kid's mom and, uh, and that's going to be the way it's going to be. And, you know, my career, the travel was a huge strain on our relationship and made it really challenging. Um, and it makes it challenging to do anything really to plan a vacation, you know, cause I don't really have a lot of control over when I work and I can't really turn it down. Now I've had two weeks with my kids. I haven't done, I haven't had to work you know, uh, I haven't had to travel or go anywhere and I've been able to be with them for two weeks straight and enjoy it, uh, you know, all that time. And there's lots of, of two week stretches and, you know, even, and sometimes more, you know? Um, so I, and I'll explain to them sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't have a nine to five job. Some dads go every morning and they come back in the evening and, you know, it's just, but mine's just different. And so, um, I've had to leave them many times uh, and it's, it's been very hard at time. You know, I, I don't really know. I, I can't say that um, worth it, not worth it. I'm not really sure. I, I, uh, it's just one of the sacrifices of, you know, and we all have to go, we all have to work. We have to find time to work. And um, so this is what I do. I feel like the um, definition of normal or like what is supposed to be, maybe this is wrong to say, but like in Midwest Ohio can be a little bit trickier because I feel like I travel a lot for work too. And I feel like that obviously had a strain on my past relationship. Same thing with my kids that I'm like, yes, like I have to travel three times a month here and there, but I also have the ability that I get to take you to school and pick you up from school and work from home 80% of the month. Um, and yeah, that other 20%, I'm gone and I'm here, there and everywhere. But for the most part, like I don't have a job where I leave for the office and I'm gone all day. Um, but sometimes I think people get so hung up on what it should look like or what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, for for us, so Trey, you don't you don't know me, but I'm a so I'm a dancer aerialist, and then my partner, um, we have a one and a half year old. He's a musician, he's a drummer. And, you know, he produces and stuff. So I feel like I'm in a bubble of like the lifestyle that we have. All my friends have the exact same lifestyle. So it's almost like the reverse. And I don't really like if I meet somebody here or I have a friend who has a regular nine to five, that is the weird person, not me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, because I'm just I'm just like I'm literally in a bubble of blue just Democrats everywhere and everyone has their, their everybody's self-employed, you know? So I'm in a really weird bubble. I don't really know what reality is and I haven't been back to Ohio in a long time. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> just remember my aunt saying to me at one point, like, well, I'm talking to people and I'm telling them that you are a really good mom, even though they see you traveling all the time. And I was like, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to do that. They obviously don't know me and I don't really care what they think, but it's hard to, I would say the only difference for me is that I don't really, I don't know if, 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 um, if languages matters on this, but I really don't give a shit what other people think. Um, my, um, mine's more about my own personal feelings on it. And so it's like, would I be serving them better if I was a nine to five dad? 
is this okay? Is this all right with me? You know, really, I answer to my kids. I don't answer to anybody. I answer to them. I'll talk to them about it, and I'll talk to them about why. Why is dad going? Why is dad leaving? You know, and I'm like, I go to work, and this is why. You know, this is the reality of it. You know, like I can work a few days a month, and it works out good for like us as far as like what we want to have in our lives. You know, um, some people have to go more often than that. And their approval is really the only one that I need or I care about, you know? Yeah. And I think obviously from everything you've said, like when you're in the moment, wherever you are, whether it's a shoot with your kids, pouring concrete at the studio, which I want to talk about, you're someone that I think lives with presence. And so I feel like being present when you're with them for two weeks and getting to spend such great time with them matters just as maybe even more than the person that's with them nine to nine to five and is going through the motions, but not mentally all the way checked in and doing all the things. Cause I think that can all go into, you know, driver's mode and not be completely present, even as parents at moments of time. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I get that. Bikram is definitely a big part of who you are. (laughs) I would say, how did you fall into that? And did you go straight to that method or did you dabble in yoga and then find Bikram? Let's clarify that Bikram, the series, Bikram, the practice, not Bikram, the man is a huge part of who I am. I did spend nine weeks with Bikram, the man, and I, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy, you know, my experience with him. I started practicing Bikram yoga in 2001 in Miami beach. Um, the same about the, uh, about, let's see, about a few months before I started a model, really, uh, I started practicing Bikram. I just happened to be where I found it. And, um, and I did love the, I had never done any yoga before, but I was immediately attracted to the intensity of it. I was a big runner. I love to work out. And so Bikram's super intense. And that's what initially I found just, I fell in love with. Say about 2007, I was living in New York and I really, was noticing that my body and mind and everything, I started to notice, you know, not just enjoy the physical intensity of the practice, but the, what it did to me mentally and just sort of uh, overall it became more clear. So I started practicing more regularly. And then in 2009, I went to teacher training and did the nine week teacher training. And that's when, you know, it just, I mean, the evolution of practicing yoga became a teacher and, and that was uh, super special for me. I mean, I was able to share with other people, you know, what I had, what had been really helpful to me. I've run 20, about 20 marathons now. So at the time, it, I was a big runner and um, my knees were, you know, it, it gave me some trouble, but the, the yoga it really helped my knees a lot. And then, you know, just all the other things. Teaching yoga in New York City, it was fantastic. I loved it. And then uh, we had our, our son was born in New York. And then when we moved to Ohio, we were teaching in Columbus. So we opened the studio here in Pataskala. And that was amazing. You know, in New York, it's like you walk into a room, there's 30 to 100 people in class. And, you know, half of them have done big room before. So it's like, almost like you're the conductor of an orchestra, you know, you're just like, you don't really have to do a whole lot of the say some, just speak the words and everybody knows what to do. Uh, in Ohio, I'd get one person who'd come to class, never done Bikram in their life. So it was like a whole different type of teaching. I don't, Kelly, I know you've been here. I don't know if you were ever the one single person by yourself, but it, but it was, you know, it was more one-on-one. It was more like sharing uh, bringing that here. And now fast forward six years later, we have this amazing community. I mean, this place is 
you know, it's incredible. The people all love and know each other here. You know, if I don't make t-shirts, they make t-shirts themselves because they just love this place so much. And they're constantly, uh, you know, it's a cool place. So I feel it's like, this is really honestly one of the best things that I've ever been. It's become another family for me, um, my yoga family here in Ohio. Cause I go in and out of yoga. Like I'm really, really good for a while. And all sorts of yoga, but I like hot yoga in the sense that I'm super flexible. So I get all, all noodly and all over the place. And I like to sweat it out. Like I like it to be hard. I like it to have to think through it, but I'm also a big scatterbrain and all over the place. And I feel like I'm the most centered when I am practicing. So I feel like you said that and I'm like, I really need to start going back. For sure. Um, and I just signed up for the Boston virtual marathon, just oh. so you know. So I love to run. I'm a big, but not like I've only done one marathon. My dad's a psychopath and ran 2,693 miles last wow. year. He did like 20 marathons. He's 66. He's I insane. Um, so I love that you're a runner too. But do you, I mean, do you feel like you'll always hold the space and you'll always keep it even living in the Bay area because you've grown this community, your family's still here you will always come back, but it is kind of like a sweetheart spot that you have the studio here. So I would sell the studio to someone who wanted to kind of care, you know, I would pass the torch, if you will. Um, I would be fine with that. I, I have spoke to some people and nothing's really, but I'm always open to it. So, you know, if anyone's listening that wants to buy fierce wellness, hot yoga, you know, yeah, hit me up. I'm, I'm always open to it. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've had people want to buy the building and turn it to a dance studio. I've had some other ideas that people had for this building in this location. I'm not really interested in doing that. People actually, it's really the community that I care about. I think that when the time and person are right, I'll know. It'll just, it'll present itself. How often do you practice? Do you practice every day? No, I don't. Um, I used to. when I, Before I had kids, I practiced every day. Okay. I absolutely don't have time to practice every day now. I wish I did. A couple times a week? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm very active physically. So I find ways to, like, whether I go for a run or I practice yoga or do a, an interval training class, if I'm pouring concrete all day, like, I, that's enough, you know, like one thing I've learned is that I want, I have a very addictive personality. That's something that's, uh, I've had my whole life. I can be a workaholic. I can be a workoutaholic. I kind of watch that, you know I mean? I've, I'm at a place now where I'm trying to, and yoga helps keep a balance, a good balance in my life, family and exercise and work and all that stuff. Slow down. Cause I tend to get going really fast and, and, um, I'm trying to like you know, pump the brakes and just take breaths and enjoy it. My parents are in their late mid to late eighties and they both have cancer, you know, like things like spending time with them have become like, I will skip the workout to go and just, you know, give them some of my time or whatever. Just things like that, you know, like things that are, are more important than making sure that I feel like I got my fitness taken care of that day. I always like to ask people their personal why meaning why do you do what you do? Why do you live? Like, is there something that is ult your ultimate intention and goal when you're living life every day? And then is there something that you feel like along this journey that, you know, you've learned that has given you something that you could pass forward to the greener grass listeners? My why is kind of like, why not big on like checking boxes. I'm big on like 
I want to do everything that I can possibly do and experience in this, you know, relative to the age of the universe, tiny amount of time that we have uh, on, on this planet. Enjoy it. I want to try it. I want to experiment with it. I want to feel it. I want to see it. I want to go there. I want to do all of it. I want to experience it. Having kids, uh, you know, people like you had kids. I mean, yeah, I had kids. I want to have kids. I want to know what it feels like to have a child, to love something, you know, more than anything in the world. I love, you know, it's just everything. Um, I want to do all of it, you know. Uh, I, I really want to experience my life. And, you know, I guess like the grass is greener thing. It's, I don't really look back like that. You know, it's like, oh, if I would have gone this way or I would have gone that way, I'm very much like I am where I am. Be here in this moment, present and live it and love it and make the absolute best of it. Been through hardships, been through challenging times. Uh, I embrace those because I feel like those are the times for growth, you know, and then uh, enjoying the good times, right? So it's like when things are tough, and I'm going through it. I know that, you know, it's not always going to be tough. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to learn something from it. I'm going to change in a, in a beautiful way. And then I can bring that person uh, to, to the next good thing or, or person or whatever experience. And, and more recently now, you know, in my life, like, it's like, what can I give back? How can I help my family? My parents are old, you know, they, they have struggles now. How can I help them? How can I help my brothers and sisters? How can I help my kids, their mom? You know, the people I love and care about, the people at the studio, like I just, it feels really good to help uh, the people that I'm, that I'm, that are put in front of me. That's kind of like the why and the purpose and the focus at this point. So I wanted to ask the two of you, because I'm on the outside from this. I feel like a part of both of your jobs is your hotness factor, right? And like your body's being fit. The job that I did right before I gave birth to my child, I was like in a thong with no tights on, on a bar. And I had no idea this is what I was in for. <laughs> and like, they all come out and start practicing. The club's completely closed and they're all like taking all their clothes off. And I'm like, what's going on? Wait, you were pregnant when you were doing this? No. Or this is before you were pregnant. No, no, no. I was um, in my first trimester. Oh, okay. I, I was like, okay. I thought you meant like, okay, okay. No, when I went to watch her rehearse, she was had not been impregnated yet, and she was just. <laughs> I'm imagining like you know, like full term. Some people going, are into what? that. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Hey. She, she was hot and skinny, but I'm saying like we're all getting older. I don't have to look hot for my job. Both of you, like it is a part of the role that you play to keep up physically like do you find that harder as you get older or it's part of the gig well I'm just gonna say real quick before Trey answers this but I feel like I'm so used to I'm so used to how I live my life that it hasn't really affected me mentally I am just wondering about this mom pooch and how long it's gonna stick around though because it pissed me off listen you I feel like she's only one and a half right or one you're fine no, I know. I'm just I'm just wondering if it's like hanging out forever or if it's going to say goodbye. But we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast around my mom. Poop. But you still have danced and done a commercial <laughs> in the last couple months. Like you still have no, to I did go up and be physically in a certain space. Like I just don't. But I'll tell you for that commercial, I was a dancing chicken by the way. So I'm thinking to myself, they're going to put me in like this really gigantic, like loose costume. I'm not going to have to worry about holding it in or 
you know, I could eat crafty the whole day. No, they put us in a white oh, unitards. It's wow. amazing. SAG? Was it SAG? SAG commercial? That's killer. National commercial in 2021 is a really nice way to start the year. Um, Amen. Amen, girl. Good for you. Get that health insurance. Answer the question on uh, the hotness pressure. Go ahead. I'm ready. You know, honestly, I think that I set bar higher than my, you know, probably my industry would set for me physically. Uh, and I, um, I will say that I commiserate with those who, or I relate to those who put on the COVID-19, 15, whatever they did. I did enjoy alcohol quite a bit in COVID. And um, I've recently in the past 120 days not been drinking. And you know what? I, the weight just fell off and uh, I feel really like leaner than I ever was before. So being lean is, you know, I mean, I, I can't control how many wrinkles I get or how, I mean, how gray my hair gets. Um, that's like either going to work for me or it's not. That part I don't really, uh, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully it, it, it works to my advantage. But um, staying in shape, I care a lot about my physical sort of well-being and um, I worked out hard and I, uh, so that's just natural for me. That's like almost, I would do it anyway. So, you know what I mean? My career doesn't really push me. Although I will say like, just the other day, they're like, Hey, we need digitals in your underwear. So it's like, I have to kind of be ready all the time to be in my underwear and take pictures of myself or have someone take pictures of me and send them in for, you know, possibly getting a job that pays really well. So there's a little pressure, I guess. Uh, in, in, if I can book a national commercial, but I need to be in a bikini in like a week, there's no way I'm going to put myself in a position to not be able to accept that job unless I'm pregnant. Right. I kind of have to be like a week away from that body, no matter what day it is. I, I totally get that. I think they should call it the week away from bikini diet. And it's called, <laughs> it's called pressure. Like the last time I had to do that, I just did protein for a week. I hated it. I hated it, but that's what I did. And I can do it. Like I can do anything for a week. So that's how I deal with that. And this is going to be my motivation when I get off of here. Like bikini in a week. Like I need to live that bikini in a week. Wait, have you ever thought about getting laser? This will be great for your podcast. So when I started, I waxed. I got, I mean, literally like the movie 40 year old virgin just waxed. I had the chest back. Like, cause you know, I'm a hairy back. Okay. Let me, just, let me, let me, let me say for all the listeners, this is made, hopefully this never exists. I do not have a hairy back, but there are some hair. So like when waxing, one wants to wax it all. Right. So like I've had a whole body, not waist down, but like waist up whole everything, not arms though. Kept that. Anyway, point being, I've been through it with the wax and that was a joke. It was a nightmare. It was awful. It was like stupid. My skin does not react poorly to shaving. And so like I could shave and it just looks like I don't have hair. You know what I mean? And so I did that when I was younger because I did a lot more body stuff, bathing suit stuff, whatever, you know, now I don't do it so much. I did have a German client. One of my favorite jobs. I shot in the Canary Islands uh, twice a year for the past like 10 years, bathing suits and underwear. And then I always had to shave you know, my chest, you know, like clean shaven for them because they weren't about any hair in those shots. And I did it with a smile on my face because I was like, you know, I'm getting paid and I'm in the fucking Canary Islands for like two weeks. So it was pretty awesome. 
So, you know, if they were like, Trey, we really want you to come out, but we need you to shave, I would do it for sure. I feel like laser, if you were like 20 years younger and you had that much more career in front of you of nakedness. Yeah. No, no laser, but it doesn't grow back. Like I have had my tattoos laser. I had a tattoo here. And I had that lasered and it kind of faded. There was one uh-huh. here that's gone almost completely. I don't know if you could, maybe the light doesn't show it really. But anyway. I think he's just trying to show us his biceps right now. He's like, yeah. No, 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 I'm not. No, I can flex, but I'm not. But how many times did you have to go to get that taken off? This was like nine between the two. So I think there was like three on this one and it went away completely. It was just like a band. And then this one kind of went away here, but not here. And got a keloid and stuff. But a laser was a nightmare so i can imagine if that it hurts yeah it's painful yeah it sucks and well you know with tattoos it's actually they laser it really strong so you get like you have to keep it bandaged for like two weeks and is the gray hair working casting wise my 20s you know was good was good right but like as more gray i got you know it became more of a niche right so i would say 35 36 there was, you know, it was when I started to be go from like a guy with some gray to like a salt and pepper. Now I'm like lots of gray. So it's been. And how many models, like if you were to say a percentage, how many male models will make it over that hump? I can tell you this. We all kind of know each other. The guys that work at this business, I've known for years. It's a lot of the same guys, um, you know, and is making the transition into gray. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, I, that's hard to. Not even transition to gray, but like as an older model, you know what I'm saying? I would say in my industry, it's like maybe 2% wow. probably dancers who are still dancing at my age. You know, that's an interesting my personal opinion, I think guys get hotter the older they get. I, d- I agree. There's this time span where they get hotter and then they're just like old, right? I mean, Steve Carell. Steve oh, Carell. really? <laughs> that's, your, that's your example? Steve Carell. The office. The guy in the office. Like the guy. 40 over. You, you guys. No, I am not fucking with you. I am going to take. I'm going to go to the internet and find a picture of him when he first got famous. And then now he is so much hotter. Chris Hemsworth. He's way better looking now that he's aged some. My sister likes to say first Thor movie. He looked like he needed to be put back in the oven and baked longer. Like he just, <laughs> you look at him, he looks too young and like fresh. And then he, as he got older and became like the older Thor, real rougher, he looked better. Not in the, no, no, listen, that is him in the office, right? Hold, please. I, I think that looks current. I think no. that, that looks... We can do We can, we can do a better it's example. him older. He's just not... No, you guys. No, no, no. Literally, there, there was memes about how hot he is older. Okay, well, overall, my point is, is I think that guy... I think that girls going gray and whatever, like, there's a stereotype. I think guys, when they start to go gray, it's fucking hot. Like, I think there's, like, a hot period for guys. Yeah, the guys that hang around, you know, like... Because, you know, a lot of guys, they whether they want to go make a family or they want to go do something else, they're just like, you know, I know that there's guys that they made a lot of money and then they're like, I just want to do something else. I want to like build houses, build furniture, do something. They want to get away from it because it can kind of, it can wear you out in the sense that like, you know, it's, you know, in a way you're a slave to your agents and their schedules and all like what we talked about, the harder things about it that kind of like, you know, when they tell you to jump, you and some you got to jump if you want to make the money and keep working. There's some people that just get out of it for that reason. Um, 
I have a dear friend of mine. He's 70 years old. He works like a, he works all the time. He loves it. He loves to travel. He loves the work. He loves the excitement of it all. And he's 70 and he's crushing. He still crushes it, man. Okay. So this is what I'd like you to do. Kelly, put your Steve Carell up. Oh, here we I'm go. I'm going to put this one up and then try oh, to take yeah, a picture of the screen. God, this is a lot. Wait, hold on. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh my God. Whoa. There's a definite. Is that a filter? That, he looks a lot. No, he's like hotter than he was when he was a kid. Look at that. He's hotter, but I still don't feel like. (laughs) I'm not saying he's the hottest man on the planet. I'm saying he looks way hotter now than he did then. That's my point. With age. Yes, I agree. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, this is the last thing I'm saying, and then we're letting him go because he's going to kill us. No, I'm good. When I went to this gig of Carrie's at the Hollywood Club, She's like, um, hey, listen, don't tell anyone that we're the same age. Oh, <laughs> my God. She didn't take it well. That's not how I wow. meant it. So then I go in and I'm like, what does this mean? Like, does she think I look way fucking older than her? Like, why does she not want people oh, to know we're the my, same fucking age? That's amazing. Um, and then 10 minutes later, she had all of her clothes off. What's and I was happening like, right what now? Is happening? That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's because no one except for the director knew my age. So I didn't want them to get a clue from, I just didn't want anybody to know. Like the youngest dancer is 21. And I was like, I'm gonna get fired if they know my real age. You think so? That's funny. That's crazy. Well, good for you though. Good for you. Yeah. You know, fuck that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that it's just the age, the thought of it, because like, I don't visually look different than them because they're also trying really hard to look really mature. And I'm like doing the opposite. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're actually like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I was just probably showing up with like my mom jeans on to sit on the. You did not call. have mom jeans on. Stop. I know I'm joking, but I'm That's just saying. So okay, so that was like the deep dive of of questions. Two lighter questions. Number one, if you could share a recent or or a overall dad fail, and then if you never went to Ohio again, what is the Ohio food you would miss the most? <laughs> oh man, that's a tougher question. I dad fail uh, every day, you know, um, with patience and uh, things like that, you know, um, you know, like dad, 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 whether it's like, can I have this candy bar? It's like they wear me down to a nub and I'm like, fine, just eat it and <laughs> stop talking about it, you know, or like, they want to get on their device and their dad, 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 dad. And, you know, I get to a place where I just want to get something done and I can't get anything done because they need, they're just constantly asking for my attention. So I'll just device them or I will give them whatever it is that they want to do that maybe is not ideal. So that's a dad fail. The Ohio food you would miss the most if you weren't there. Oh, I mean, we were talking about like Texas toast the other day. I haven't had Texas toast in over 20 years and Kelly was making it. Maybe Donato's pizza. Donato's pizza is kick ass. I think that's good pizza. And that's Donato's pizza is amazing. And I don't know where else it is besides the Midwest. It's nowhere. Oh, man. That's right. It's it's Ohio. That's Ohio. Do not, I think Donato's might just be Ohio, but it's from Ohio. Well, and then there's there's this pizzeria Elms Pizza in Granville. Of course, I know Elms. You're too young to remember. Do you remember Grand Villa? Grand Villa Pizza was dope. Uh, yeah, I'm not too young. I'm Trey. I'm 44. I know. I just I can't believe that. It's hard for me to believe. <laughs> I'm Chinese. That's why that's true. <laughs> right on. I think about Elm's Pizza like every single time I want pizza here in LA, and then I never get anything close to it. 
you have a new one in Granville. It's um, it's the one that's New York style. Kelly, do you know what it is? It's Joe a, and Mimi's. Joe and Mimi's is yeah, that's New York style pizza. That's, that's super good greasy, but it's freaking amazing. So well, and then also, you know what I miss a lot? Victoria's Parlor in Granville. Back in the day, do you guys remember this place? They had ice cream. They have ice cream from that Utica ice cream place that... Oh, the Velvet, Velvet ice cream. Yes! Oh my God, I haven't had Velvet ice cream. Um, there's so much good stuff. You need to come back and try. There's so much good stuff. Like, uh, well, Wits is really good. Wits is in Granville. That's something great. Um, you know, uh, I loved Aladdin. Aladdin, breakfast at Aladdin. The guy died. Uh. Oh my God. Aladdin is, is it still there? No. Yes. It's still there. But that was every day behind the counter cooking. He passed away. He retired and he passed away like two weeks after he retired. But that place was really amazing. Oh, that place is, it's, it's still good. It's just, he was, that was, it was a little more special when we were younger. Um, Aladdin had this like all you can eat fried fish night. I know that. I Do never you remember this? There. Oh my, <laughs> it's so good. It's like, it was, it was pretty good. So, yeah, I get really nostalgic about Ohio food and rain. You live down in L.A. You know how much it rains here. It barely rains. Never rains. No, yeah, I, I, I love rain. Whenever it rains, I send her like a rain video. I sent her a rain video a couple of weeks ago from my front porch. And I was like, for Carrie, a rain video. The storms and um, the way that the grass grows in Ohio, I really miss that. But for me as well, the reason why um, I'm probably going to be in LA for a long time is because of the diversity thing. Um, I'm Chinese American. My partner is a you know black drummer from Chicago. Our child is Chinese black, and I need her to grow up with a huge diverse community, which is why we're going to stay. Oakland is amazing uh, in that sense. I love. Oakland for the reason that, you know, the people and the, and the diversity, um, I, and I get what you're saying. I mean, Columbus, I feel like you do get diversity. Um, but I you know, so if you want to live in like German village or live in, you know, somewhere in Clintonville, you would have some, but still, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, and actually I love the mountains for me. It's like, yeah. I like LA. I like the Bay area more. We do get the rain in the winter. We get a good amount of rain. It's green. And I have Tahoe, which is like three hour drive. And I have the ocean and I have like, I prefer San Francisco as a city to LA because it's like, I see a downtown. I see like what looks to me like a city. Um, whereas with LA, it's so spread out. You know, I like LA. It is cool. I love, I lived in Topanga for yeah. like uh, a while and I dug that. All right. I feel like we kept you for the longest we've ever kept anyone, Carrie. I feel super guilty. You don't have to be sorry to me. I'm fine. No, it was so good. I'm just chatting. It's cool. If you don't care, I just feel bad. You're going to be like, go back to your family and be like, oh my gosh, they said 45 minutes and they talked to me for an hour and a million years. I don't know if you know the name Rob Kelly because he went to Newark Catholic, but no. Oh yeah. I know Rob Kelly. Didn't his brother play professional football? Rob Kelly played professional football. I think that we talk to him for like almost two hours, Kel. So Trey does not get the award. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks for just uh, knocking <laughs> me down a few notches there. Maybe we should do this again, like in a city near wherever you guys are at some point and like have drinks if Trey is having a drink at that point in time. Otherwise, he can get a nice water with a lemon. I can have a mocktail. You could have a mocktail. It's all about the mocktail. You could have a mocktail. We could do this in person and like... um yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always open to that, you know, for sure. So much for giving us your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Trey. Nice to meet you.
It was a wonderful to meet you, Carrie. Thank you so much, you guys. It was a pleasure. Anything you need, you let me know. I'm happy to help, and uh, I was glad to be a part of it. Thanks so much to Trey for being with us today. And thank you to Asa Watkins for post-production. If you go to our show notes, we have a link there. You can click subscribe to Greener Grass and you'll hear any of our breaking news. And if you would honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts, it really helps others find us. And thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Greener Grass.